Welcome to I'm Anxious About, a podcast where two friends and sometimes a guest commiserate about our respective anxieties on a new topic each week. I'm Christopher Mitchell. I'm Allison Green. And I'm Ryan Patel. And this week, we're anxious about the news. sounded great look at yeah. you go you're going to be an all-star guest already <laughs> <laughs> i'll take that as a compliment so far from what i've been listening from you guys it's been uh, it's all been pretty great so i'm, I'm super excited to be here thanks yeah We're well i wasn't going to keep that i wasn't going to keep that uh, i wasn't going to keep that part in but now i am because of the yeah. praise and compliments yeah, exactly <laughs> <laughs> which we're obsessed with. Um, so firstly, um, I'm guessing then, you know, a, a quick question everyone's thinking is like, who the hell's Ryan Patel? So why don't we answer that question for them right away? Ryan, would you like to mention uh, who you are, what you're all about, how you ended up here? Sure. Um, I guess telling everybody what I'm all about is, is would, would be a lot to handle right away, especially if you've known <laughs> me for long enough. There's a lot to unpack there, uh, but to get a little bit of know about me, um, so I'm a I'm an artist by trade. Uh, it's kind of what I'm really focusing on right now. Um, I mean, I've I've had a lot of experience in a lot of strange and unusual jobs, which I could go into, but uh, we'll save time on that and uh, say that you know on on my downtime, I'm an artist. Um, I also am one of the co-hosts of the I'll See Myself Out podcast, where me and three of my other buddies um, covered speaking about modern and classic films, um, and we have a penchant for having you know dirty and inappropriate humor, and um, that seems to kind of bleed over into my everyday life. So I'm sure that your audience will get to know a little bit more about me as we go through the podcast here. Um, and uh, yeah, my, my affiliation with you guys, obviously, is that um, I'm friends with your wife, Chris, um, mm -hmm. but I, obviously I'm friends with you by affiliation and through many a drunken evening. And uh, I'm really also happy to be getting to know Allison um, by you. Um, and uh, I kind of feel like I know Allison a little bit already from listening to enough of the podcast. So I kind of feel like, um, you know, as opposed to where I might have some concessions um, behind, you know, being, being a little bit too open on a first recording, uh, getting to know Allison through previous recordings, I kind of feel like I have really nothing to hold back. So this should be great. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Yeah, great. Well, thanks so much for, for being on here um, as well. I think it's something we're striving towards is definitely offering different voices up. And when we were thinking about who might be a great fit to have on, you were definitely someone we thought about. And um, so we're, we're well, I, know I we're didn't both think about you excited. because I didn't know you yet. So just for the record, well, that's eventually now that we're here. There was some small part of you that like, there was some reverberation in your head when we were thinking about guests. You're like, Ryan, 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 you know, the name, the name, Ryan is coming to me for some reason. Exactly. It was like a, it was like a R? Long Island medium moment. Yeah. You know, you it were like, Ryan. starts with an R. He's from <laughs> Toronto. First, yeah. At first it'll feel like a revelation. Like you're, like you're hearing the voice of God and then it won't take very long before you can't get me out of your head and you pray for death. So be careful what you wish for. Glad to be here though. <laughs> yeah. That, that's nice and light. Um, so we'll move <laughs> We'll just move forward from there. Um, actually, that's a great that's a great way to to move into the scale of, of how we're feeling today. Um, and uh, I think my scale might have just gotten rocked a little bit with that last <laughs> comment. So we'll see how I how I how I perform here. But I guess uh, I can uh, usually, Allison, you're you're the scale master. Um, yeah, but I, can, I will. I can be scale master, scale master, or I'll okay. I'll leave it to you, whichever no, no, you prefer. You're, 
Scale master, take it all away. All right, all right. But I don't know who to address first. All right, guest first, guest first. So, yeah. Ryan, on a scale of one to watching Fox News on repeat locked in a room, how are you doing today? <laughs> Ooh, uh, <laughs> I'll say today I'm, I'm probably at like a, I'm at a seven. I'm at like a good, oh. steady, solid seven there. But like, is seven sure. good? Because like on our scale, it's like, one is like i'm feeling fine like there's no news on in the background and right. fox so you're a seven and that's good i'm a seven and that's bad let's let's move in that direction okay. so um i mean i don't i'm not to judge anybody else i mean i obviously i'm on the podcast here to discuss the news because well i spend enough time looking at it um some would say too much time looking at it and uh if yeah. i were locked in a room watching fox news on repeat I mean, I'm all I've already got my problems, but let's yeah. be serious. It would it, I think it'd be a lot worse. And uh, I think having avoided the news today so far um, has kind of brought me down a little bit because I've almost got I've almost got information fatigue, which is kind of one yeah. of the problems that for me happens when I watch the news too often. Yeah, okay, for well, sure. It's the way we like our guests to come on nice and anxious. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, perfect. It gives us it gives us a good benchmark to compare ourselves to and look really just cool and collected by comparison. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I don't feel informed unless I have at least a little bit of chest pain and like a flop sweat going. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, chest pain is definitely like that's the sign that you've read enough news for the day. Hundred yeah. percent for sure. And it, yeah. makes, it just makes you feel so mortal and human. You know, you just you think you just think I'm. Oh look at me. You know, chest pains with the news. I'm so vulnerable. This is so fun. <laughs> Yeah, I like to play a little game called is this coronavirus or have I just been reading the news too much and can no longer breathe <laughs> yeah it's a fun <laughs> it's a real fun game you know you yeah the kids come over for a family party um through a layer of glass of course and you just play the game and it's great <laughs> um I I guess I'll just take it from there to to say how I'm feeling today um because I can and I'm I'm feeling pretty good overall today uh, yesterday I had one of those moments where, um, the world collapsed for like 48 minutes because, um, I was, I was supposed to meet my aunt and uncle and brother at a golf course in the morning. I know tough life, uh, everyone feel bad for me, but I went down to the car to turn it on and it just wouldn't start. And like, I just was like, oh my gosh, like I've, of course I only left enough time to get to the golf course. <laughs> No, so I'm like, oh no, like there's no room for error here. So I like, there was a gentleman who was in the parking lot who like, I like frantically went over in golf attire and I was like, can you please like, well, boost the car, you know, but I don't drive the car ever. So like, while my brain was in like kerfuffle mode, I couldn't like really remember how to open up the hood. And eventually the dude was like standing there, really nice guy who smelled a very pleasant, um, I guess it's not perfume, like maybe aftershave. Cologne. Cologne. Cologne's the word I'm looking for. He had there the we scent are. of trust. Yeah, exactly. He did. But then like I eventually. I don't think you're six feet away if you're smelling his cologne. Just saying. No, that's the thing. I was. Um, I was oh, like 12 feet ooh, away. So God. it was the... One of yeah, my yeah. one of my pet peeves is like a person whose cologne you can smell from like quite far away. Like I hate the smell of cologne. It gives me headaches. And when it's like someone just walks around carrying their own cloud, it's just 
no. Well, at this point, anyway, this was continue. a cloud. Yeah, this was a, this was a very a, a potentially life like you know saving cloud at this point. So I was like, you know, the the the, the allure of the cologne was just like there's hope. But then I like <laughs> it, it became clear like he couldn't quite get into the spot and like I couldn't figure out how to open up the hood and like I started to like panic sweat and then eventually he's like okay like I'm going to work and I was like no. Eventually, I just messaged Brie. I was like, listen, the car won't start. I'm going to get an Uber and go out to this golf course. And that's what I did. And everything worked out fine. But like, it's almost like I got such a rise in that moment. Like everything was like, you know, got a, got a little intense there for a second. Um, so thankfully, I'm feeling better today. But uh, still memories of yesterday, yeah. which uh, which if you haven't heard yet, will be the title of my upcoming memoir. <laughs> um, uh, so so um, I guess this is the part where you guys ask me, what the hell is your number, Chris? Uh, you didn't answer the question. Um, I'm feeling pretty good today. Let's go. We're not doing halves, right? We don't usually nah. do halves. Okay. I'll go with, you know, I'll go with a three I, I, because I'm really not feeling like I'm heading into the weekend. You know, the sun's shining. Um, I've actually, uh, for once in my life, given myself some space moving forward uh, to, to not be working 24-7. So I'm looking forward to that. And uh, and I stick by that, Allison. Um, on a scale of, I think the the exact wording we went with was being locked in a room with Fox News on repeat. On the, on the, a scale of one to there, how are we feeling on this fine day? Um, I started out extremely anxious, like a seven. Um, just woke up with anxiety. My anxiety usually like just like accompanies my mornings. Usually, it's like. Oh, hey. Yeah, we're going to wake up together today. Cool. Um, Just like nothing like, you know, a feeling like you got punched in the throat to start off your morning. And so um, and also we my dog's been super sick, um, some sort of infection. So he's been having fevers. We had to take him to the vet. And that was a whole thing. So that was a shitty morning. But I somehow managed to. just kind of work through the anxiety or just sort of like let it fade away. And I was like, I'm at that stage in managing my anxiety medication where I have very few pills left until my next appointment. And I'm like, hmm, is this like pill worthy or not? And I was trying to decide <laughs> and uh, wasn't quite pill worthy today. So I was able to self-soothe and um, maintain uh, the pills for a rainy day or a sunny day. My anxiety doesn't really care about the weather. And so, yeah, now I'm actually good. I'm like a three. I got a lot of work done and I'm feeling super accomplished and productive and my dog seems to be doing a bit better. Um, So everyone keep your fingers crossed for Rocky as he fights off his infection. He's been sick for a few weeks. So, yeah, Um, but I'm feeling good. 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 I, I just want I want to make sure that we don't talk too much because we have a guest here and we don't want oh, to no, be no. annoying host. But I did want to say <laughs> I did want to say that I have a theory which I bring up with some regularity that this podcast hosting this podcast is making Alice and I more adept at handling situations that would normally spiral us out of control or, or like um, affect us more heavily. And so yesterday after um, the brief meltdown where I was like, Oh my gosh. Like, and there's of course this great time constraint too, where it's like, they're going to tee off without you, Chris. You're like, no one loves you, Chris. Um, wasn't quite that, but I, you know, I got to the course and I, I played the first couple holes like 
terribly because I was like, my head was off. And then like, I had this moment on the fourth hole where I was like, this is the moment where you get to like, see how much progress you've made with meditation and breath and like getting yourself under control. And like, I went into this like Zen state for like a couple holes, holes where I feel like I, talking out loud so much about my emotions, I was able to be like, <laughs> I'm going to test myself, you know, right. and there's no better test than playing golf in front of your family who's watching you and judging you. So it was, it was a great test. And, uh, and I'm happy to say I'm, I'm almost, and then I'm kidding about the family thing. My family is lovely and supportive, but, um, <laughs> but I, it, it was like this great thing where like, instead of framing it as like this morning sucked, I had to take this over, ungodly expensive Uber to get here. This is not the way I planned the morning. Da, 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 da. Like instead of that, I was like, look, I'm a little ruptured right now. Deep okay. breaths. I'm going to do it. So yeah. that's what I wanted to, uh, to communicate. I think this podcast is helping us and hopefully helping others. Yeah. I, I think, uh, from what, from what you've just explained, I, I agree. It sounds like this podcast is pretty much therapy for you guys, which, and it also helps other people kind of get everything off their chest. And it's therapy um, also, yeah. you don't have to pay for. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. Also, Allison, yeah, super sorry to hear about your pet there. And uh, I, 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 I almost laugh out of just like decreasing the anxiety. Just when you were discussing how you were rationing um, <laughs> your medication, it's like very survivalist overtone. Like being I mean, lost in a wasteland is. of, you know, how how panicked can I be today? You know, do, can I yeah. make it through the day on my own? And uh, I feel like there's probably a lot of other people in that boat. I mean, there's yeah. probably other people who probably aren't rationing. Um, because we're not quite in that dystopian wasteland yet. Uh, we're getting there, though. So, I mean, you're kind of ahead of the curve, actually. Yeah, you're, you're, well, your rationing I'm skills are putting you on the next level. Th yeah. There you go. Well, it's like whenever you have a controlled substance, it's like, you know, it's not just as easy as going down to the thing. There's like a whole process. So it's like, okay, got to right. go to this doctor, got to go to this pharmacy. And I've been avoiding doing any of the above because pandemic so i probably right. need to get back out there but i've been just like eyeing it and i'm like oh now i'm actually at the stage where i have to act and go have another doctor's appointment and that'll be fun this is also where we need to um announce our upcoming ebook by allison called rational rationing and <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that we're only it. a few months out before pharmacies start behaving like liquor stores where there's just going to be a cage that you go up to and exchange whatever goods you have left in your home for, for, for <laughs> antidepressants. So we're getting there. We're almost there. The dream has almost come true. <laughs> Hurrah. Um, <laughs> I love this. So I guess what we, we like to do is, you know, people have probably ascertained somewhere in the last uh, 15 minutes or so that we're talking about the news today. Um, I'd love to just kind of let you give you the floor, Ryan, to talk a little bit about, you know, how your your own um, anxiety kind of relates to the news, is affected sure. by the news, all that kind of stuff. Feel free to um, start it off and then we'll periodically interrupt you. It <laughs> sounds great. <laughs> well, um, obviously, your, your audience is just kind of getting to know me and, and so is Allison, but uh Going deep into the past here, I mean, I used to be a very anxious person growing up. I used to be, obviously, I think like a lot of us, very socially awkward. Um, and I used to not be able to handle crowds very well and all that kind of stuff. And I, I really got through that. I got over that, especially, you know, being in college and then having a job where I would speak in front of dozens, if not hundreds of people, definitely got that out of me. But um, I still find my anxiety cropping up, especially now. Uh, and, and it often comes to me during watching the news. And part of the problem, I guess, that I have with watching the news right now um, is that there's, there's just so many factors that add into feeling as though there's so much information intake, but the inability to sort of sort it and, um, and really comprehend it because 
part of the problem that I think we're facing so much right now and watching the news and, and trying to get information, especially in relation to things like COVID, is there doesn't really seem to be a clear facet of true or false information. So on top of everything else, watching the news and, you know, kind of getting that constant overload of negativity with a peppered in nugget here and there of, uh, of positive news, um, it's kind of hard to discern you know, how to be prepared for the future, uh, how to know exactly what's true. Um, and it gets pretty overwhelming pretty quickly when you, you don't really feel like you, uh, you, you have a rudder in a storm uh, trying to navigate the information. And I find that in a weird way, um, I kind of get overloaded to the point where I have to take a step back and, and actually kind of be ignorant for a few days and avoid the news or, or avoid even hearing other people's opinions. Because it's almost like I kind of get in my mind what feels like it's like sitting at a slot machine. Every time I open the news and I'm just like pulling the crank, waiting for positive news to come out and I'm just depositing coins. And it's like eight hours later, I'm just like, my body is like completely flaccid. And I'm just like one of those lifeless people in a chair waiting for the sevens to come up on the screen. And then I get to the point where I look at myself and I'm like, what have I done? Like, I'm just like, I've been here too long. I'm waiting for something that's possibly not going to happen. And uh, time it's, is it's it? where's my car? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you know, you know, you know, you There's have like a big problem. glasses in front of me. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, you've gotten to the point where you're, you know, you're wearing the diaper. You're just like, not even, <laughs> not even yeah. going to get up from the slot machine, which is yeah. like actually a real thing. Oh. And the employees are checking your pulse every time they come around with a new drink to make sure you're all right. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it gets to be a little bit like that. And then, you know, the strange thing being, because I think in Canada, especially here in Toronto with you and I, Chris, um, you know, there's, the, things are going very positively. So there, there's almost like a little bit of, a dichotomy between reading the news and then walking outside and seeing, you know, happy frolicking families and friends, you know, having brunch and acting like there's nothing going on. Um, so disengaging from the news uh, and then coming back to it, it, it really kind of creates a level of confusion within me about yeah. uh, what to believe and what not to believe. And and that level of disinformation, I think it's really overwhelming for me because I'm the kind of person who is extremely practical and likes to be well-informed before making decisions, especially before uh, voicing opinions. And with the, the kind of the climate of what's going on in uh, the social spheres of, you know, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, um, you, you kind of feel like you need to be informed of everything to stay relevant these days. So it gets mm -hmm. to be pretty overwhelming. And sometimes it almost feels like you have to be escapist to stay sane. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, I, I, mean, I just oh, go ahead. Allison, sorry. I, 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 I just wanted to make one quick comment before you probably have something even better to say. But I was just going to say that I think it's really interesting you mentioned that, Ryan, because I think a, a central tenant or problem with the news these days is that the news used to be something we could arm ourselves with to, that, that tended to be helpful in our process of, of understanding um, what we should be doing. And now it's the opposite. It makes us feel helpless. Yeah. Right. Um, so that's, that's just something I, uh, something that I had to circle, underline and share in my mind. But Allison, right. take it away. Yeah, it makes you feel helpless, but it also makes you feel sometimes like, well, what does truth even matter anyway? Like coming from like the US perspective here, sure. like, you know, it's very clear that our president lies on a hourly, minutely basis. And just like it's reported as news and covered and just everything is treated as if it's normal when it's so abnormal. Like we should not be oh, treating sure. this like it's normal. And it gives you cognitive dissonance that you're like, but, but these are lies. There, there are, there are, you know, there is fact that con uh, contradicts this. And it's just, it gives you a real sense of, well, what does the truth even, what, what even is the truth? And like, 
right. if people don't care about the truth, then what does the truth matter? Because the truth, it's like sort of like if a tree falls in the forest, like if everyone's pretending not to hear the fucking tree, then it might as well <laughs> have not fallen. You know what I right. mean? And it's like, that's just kind of how it feels like from the American perspective. And I should note, um, for those who haven't listened before, I'm an American living ab- abroad. So there's like an extra level of disconnect that I already feel watching the news from about my country from overseas. And it gives me a lot of anxiety that I'm not really there to do whatever I can do to make my own, like make things just a little bit better. I, so right. there's also like that guilt with watching the news that I'm sort of, you know, far away from the reality of what's happening, you know? Well, that, that's interesting on so many levels. And I'm actually really glad you brought that up because part of, part of what's going on in the U S right now, and I don't think there's, pretty much anybody who's turned on, you know, their social media or a TV. I mean, you could be sitting, you could not own, you could not own a computer or a TV and walk down the street and probably at least hear a dozen opinions coming from people on what's going on in the U.S. right now, Um, no matter where you are, I think. But it's, uh, it's really interesting how bringing up, you know, like what's going on in terms of what Chris and I are experiencing here in Toronto. And then um, kind of almost hearing that it's like, there's so much going on in the broader scope of what's happening in the country in the US that it's almost like coronavirus isn't it's not the only issue it's just like it's part of the issue and compartmentalizing it in that way and how much more um psychologically burdening that is is just mm-hmm. like it it kind of also puts things in perspective for me in a way because my as i've mentioned before my anxiety really comes from kind of wanting to be informed and wanting to make informed decisions but not being able to get that information but coming from a country where you kind of feel like the the authority um, is not being truthful or um, they're just being disingenuous, kind of like it adds like an extra layer of icing on the cake of do I or do I not cry in the shower today? Yeah, um, always so, cry so, in the shower. It's the best. Yeah, <laughs> stay hydrated. Um, yeah, and that's and that's pretty wild. And then also interesting to think that, um, you know, like you like, obviously, you know, you're you're, you're living in another country um, and, you're, and you're, you're not at home right now, but that you feel almost like this sense of misdirection, even even though it's not immediately impacting you in like maybe your everyday life because you're not mm-hmm. living in the yeah. states right now. But that that even that disingenuous um, communication is is still having like a a psychological effect on you from afar, even though it's not immediately affecting you the moment you walk out the door. It's uh it's crazy how perceptions of like authority and information and not being able to trust the people you think you're supposed to can affect you even when they're they're not even a little bit even immediately involved in your life. Yeah, um, it's pretty wild. And it's become so pervasive. Like here in Bulgaria, everyone is a conspiracy theorist. And speaking about the coronavirus situation here, we're doing worse than we were when most of Europe was spiking, like in April, where our cases are rising now. Um, okay. But overall, we've done a decent job. It's not like the US. It's still, you know, we're, we're seeing about 300 new cases a day. So not great, but, you know, not whole whole country on fire like the u.s is right now but i have like when i speak to bulgarians about it they're like they're like oh the government is pumping up the numbers i'm like why on earth would a government want to do that like why would in what way would that make them look good you know and it's people it's like people have all forgotten occam's razor that the simplest answer is probably true (laughs) that people are just probably sick and people are so quick to jump to all of these conspiracy theories because they think it makes them 
seem educated, but it just makes them like, because, oh, I'm a free thinker. I'm not going to believe what the news has me think. But it's like, are you really a free thinker if you're just getting it from like your Aunt Thelma on Facebook? Like, no. Yes, you are. No, um, you're not. No, Aunt Thelma can't be trusted. But no. I, I would I would say, though, it's it's also in like growing up in Canada, I was kind of taught that I could trust the news and that there was yeah. like or I could or I could trust the government like that there was a government that generally speaking they you know it might be left or right in power but realistically in Canada it's more it's been like a centrist policy for forever and well depends how you look at it. but but generally speaking um at mm-hmm. least compared to the US for sure yeah. <laughs> and I think you could you could trust that information. When I was in Turkey, it was the exact same thing. We're living there. Everything was conspiracy theory. But that's because in general, the the citizens of that country, like they've been burned by their government before. Yeah. And so they're starting off from a place of like, I don't trust you until you give me a reason to trust me. And like that just kind of is like the underlying pervasive thing where it's like, maybe, but maybe not. Whereas in Canada, you know, like I feel like when they came out with particular statistics and stuff like that. I could at least trust that. And that, I think that's a big thing in general with being somebody with anxiety and, 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 and trying to look through the news. You have to figure out what are things I can objectively trust to, you know, what right. are the sources that are like, I think this, these people, or whether it's like, you know, I don't know, the, a health agency or whatever, you're like, I, I trust this. Um, I trust them. I trust what they're saying. And then I think you you have to look critically and be like, okay, so these these uh, news sources are really left-leaning, which I can right. say personally are probably going to be more, like I'm going to be naturally more convinced by those sources. So I have to almost challenge myself more. Yeah. And then I keep an eye on the right because I want to know what bullshit people are being fed. And that's not to say the the right or left is better or worse or whatever. Like I've seen, I mean, I don't want to get too into my political views here, but like I, I can understand some parts of like, at least fiscally on the, on the right, what they're thinking there. Socially, not so much. Um, and this, I'm talking about Canada here. The U.S. Yeah. The right is is, is is a very different. It's a death cult, essentially. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a very different. <laughs> but it's like the news sources there are like so powerful and all encompassing that really you could put forth the argument that it's like a, a religion almost. Yeah, it is. It's it's like a cult. I guess what I'm saying is like it's a really really delicate balancing act because it would be really comfortable to, for me to stay on the left and be like, please fill me with all the wonder, and then and then basically look at. I don't know, news of puppies being saved or whatever, like that would be pleasant, <laughs> right? That would be really pleasant. And that you know, probably wouldn't spur my anxiety to see loving creatures being saved from trees and such. But at the same time, like I feel like it's kind of my duty to stay informed. And I know I had a friend, for example, who subscribed to a newsletter from uh, from particular politicians on the, on the right to see what was being communicated. And like she was actually better able to make sense of how people were reacting to news events because she understood how they were being communicated to. So it's, I, I guess... It's this really interesting thing where I think people with, with anxiety in general are, it's very difficult to find that place of objectivity. Everything feels subjective. Like everything sure. feels effective. You, you, every piece of news, you're somehow like almost like touched by, you're like, well, well like getting zapped by it. And the real challenge is taking deep breaths, looking on the, the left, the right, the center, right. and then being like, all of that information is outside of me. How do I intake it? Well, yeah, I, yeah that's so much of that is interesting, Chris. And, and like, uh, it just and, and coming back from not just what you said, Chris, but also from what Allison was speaking about before on her experiences, I think part of the problem with not being able to have or not being able to rather trust what's being presented as factual information means that 
if people feel that they can't trust what's being said to them as like authoritative information that's based on, you know, studies or scientific evidence, then it breaks down to like, what can I, what can I prove to myself to be true empirically, which mm. is even less trustworthy because I think on so many levels, especially in places like the U S from social pressures and what you see on the news and on TV, that you don't realize how much you're being, how much your views and opinions are being influenced by things like party politics or even just um, the culture of the state that you live in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it gets to a point where you're like, you, you want to be informed and you want to trust opinions, but then you almost have to be like, you look at looking at somebody who's reacting to those pressures, you almost have to be sympathetic to the fact that they're not coming from a place where they can be clear headed. And that's kind of how I felt a lot looking at what I see on the news. Like, I mean, I, <laughs> I can't give reason and sympathy to people who do absolutely insane things. But to a certain degree, um, seeing people who are reacting under pressure to like, insurmountable stress and distrust of the government um it's it it makes it makes watching the news almost like a little bit of a game of like truth or bullshit and (laughs) in a way that's i think that's almost a little bit of why i watch it is just to try to discern like what's the what's the actual narrative what's happening behind the scenes of of these individual reports where you know it's like can you or can you not trust the top medical official in this field and then you'll flip to another news site and or a news source and and it'll be like this person can't be trusted and then another source will say that they can and then relating that to all the different politics that are going on it's it's so easy to get lost in that and feel for me pretty overwhelmed um when you just don't know what's true or not so then there's that there's that instinct of being uh, only trustworthy of what your own opinions are and then sometimes that breeds tribalism in the worst possible ways so you, know. you end up as the gun-toting sheriff of your own town. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. It gets uh, it gets pretty spicy when you when you see people sort of, uh, you know, they're, they're like, I've had enough. I've had enough of everybody's opinion. I'm just going to have my own opinion. I'm not going to listen to anybody else. And I'm going to cram it down your throat because I'm too scared of listening to other opinions that conflict with my own. It gets, uh, it gets pretty wild there, especially on the comment sections across the internet. Oh, God. It's like, I always know I shouldn't read the comments, and then I always do. It's like, it's like you know, that... Michael Jackson thriller popcorn scene like that's just me in the comments all the time like oh let's watch this dumpster fire go off who's who's throwing the Molotov cocktail in here oh it's you every once in a while I see a comment thread that actually has like a shred of positivity and like an actually well-worded arguments and reason where people are respecting each other for disagreeing but then you know like the 99.8 percent of the time is just people slinging the the worst shit you've ever read in your life at each other yeah (laughs) It's insane. It's truly, it's, it's very difficult for me to consume the news. And so I've really adjusted the way I consume the news. I need it with like a heavy dose of satire or humor or cursing. Um, So I generally get the news from podcasts like Pod Save America is how I kind of keep my, my news in check. And then I will just kind of scroll Reddit for news as well and just kind of go based on headlines i don't really dive too deeply into like whatever the tweet of the week that everyone's freaking out about is um (laughs) just because it's like this has been going on for four fucking years i'm tired as hell you know what i mean like with this particular administration and it's been a long time to feel like this about the news and have this much level of attention brought to every exhale of this pile of excrement that is currently (laughs) illegally occupying the white house um yeah by the way i'm a democrat so if that's a problem you can you know just unsubscribe (laughs) but um don't unsubscribe (laughs) no it's perfectly fine if you don't want to hear me talk about politics because i will 
it's important to take a step back from from getting too too caught up in like the details of of what's going on in a story. It's not as good to take a big step back and realize your place in, in what you're reading and realizing that like either it's not important or it's going to have no consequences to you yeah. in your life. And yeah. sometimes that's like the best possible thing to do for yourself. I mean, I find myself in that situation more often than not to the point where I, you know, sometimes I almost I care too much and I, I hate admitting it to myself, but sometimes I care too much about, you know, like other people's opinions, especially for like those people who are just like, you know, pulling the pin out of the grenade and tossing it into the comment section of the Internet. And um, actually yesterday I caught myself because I was I was I was on Reddit and somebody made like a heinous comment that to me was like, if, if you know me the way Chris knows me, it's not easy to get me offended. And um when I was going through the comments, I then realized, he offend, after, but he's not the, you know, FND. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and when I checked the person's profile, um, they were, they were just like a troll account, but they were like a professional troll account. Yeah. Like their, their opinions were so varied and severe that you were like, this person just loves mayhem. They're just watching yeah. the world burn. And I got to the point where I was like, I almost just got sucked into an argument with somebody who really honestly, like it could not give less of a fuck about anybody else's feelings or opinions. And I uh, realized I was I just saved myself so much emotional energy yeah. from dealing with that just by by stepping back and being like, you know what, I, sometimes you just got to let a fire burn those, itself. Out. Those those people set traps, right? They're like right. they're like desperate to get in. Like, that's why it can be difficult, right? Because when we're t- when we're looking at news and, and this is why it's so difficult from an anxiety perspective is like we're losing the ability, it seems to have like reasonable discourse. Um, my housemate in university, like we were literally on the opposite sides of the spectrum politically. And yet we could sit down and have a beer and talk about things like two human beings. And uh, it's because I didn't go in, you know, armed to the teeth being like, let's ready to go. Like, I was just like, I <laughs> will, throw down. Oh, we can, like, you can intake information without accepting it. Right. Like that's a beautiful yeah. part of being a human being. So like I heard his side and I wasn't plugging my ears and then he heard my side and we both ended up, I don't know, at least, at least at the very least challenging the perceptions we had. This is right. also um, somewhat, of a random side point, but I, well, like whenever I get like really caught up in the, in the news of the moment and I feel totally overwhelmed by it, I think back to this podcast episode I listened to a little while ago. I can't remember the, the name, but she was this like really bright and eloquent quantum physicist. And I think she'd have to be quantum physicist. Yeah, Lord. I know. Right. And so smarter than I, and she, was talking to the interview host and they were kind of talking about like, you know, how do you like not get weighted down in the moment of what's going on and stuff and stay focused on your research. And she's, she's just like, you know, from my perspective, like a quantum physicist thinking about the way things started and how things will progress. And like my, my time scale is so big when I think about like the earth forming and where it's going and this kind of stuff that like, I can't possibly stress how much this moment doesn't matter. <laughs> you know, like, I love that. Perfect. I just, like I thought like at first I was like, I thought like that would spur some like lethargy, but like she was just like actually putting together the point that it was really freeing because she's thinking about how like we all get so riled up, right. About, you know, everything falling apart and so on and so forth. But she was just like, but like, listen, like a million years from now, like, is any of this going to matter? You know, like even right, right. What, whatever. And it was on the one sense, you know, it can be like if you if you're somebody who has some measure of anxiety about mortality, which it's an episode I don't think we've gone to yet, but no. I'm sure we will. And that will be <laughs> me medium scarring. Um, but, but like, I just thought it was like, it was at least interesting where she was just like, oh, sure. you know, I cannot stress this how much this truly doesn't matter. Now, you, again, like you don't want to take that and be like, well, I guess I'm going to care about nothing. But at it, it, it <laughs> least, least it gives you that 
reprieve for like when things get too out of control and you're like, listen, on the long scale here, I just got to do my best every day. Right. And eventually none of this will exist. <laughs> no, I, I agree with that so much. I think perspective is such like a port in a storm. Like it's like realizing that like the things that you get upset about or even just the the scale of the things that probably bother you in a day, like there's just things you have to forget about or things you can't make your whole world. Because once you realize that perspective of how small you are, like we're just like in the perspective of the universe versus how important our bullshit is. Like we're just like, we're like termites, like we're, we're like termites in a lightning storm. Like we're just, we're so small. There's, there's so many forces around us that are so much more like stronger, more important and like, and like, and like all encompassing that when you realize you're like, Oh, somebody cut me off on the 401 today. I'm going to go commit a murder. And then you're like five minutes later, you're like, really glad I forgot about that and like didn't destroy my whole life over like one <laughs> second. But it's, it's that level of scale that once you realize, just like you put it um, through, uh, through what she said, that it, there's so many things that we take personally because it affects us, but like realistically in the grand scheme of life, it so much shit doesn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't want to, I don't want to like, this is where like I have this tendency to be like, okay, so then let's back up into Buddhism here and figure out what us is. Like, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Get really so deep. Yeah, like I'm not going to go to that route, but I do think it is helpful sometimes to to get a little perspective because part of the reason I used to get too riled up or whatever was be like that that moment was everything, right? Like that moment when things were I was overwhelmed or whatever was everything that was that was the whole thing of the world. But really, it's just like you catastrophize and the whole world becomes that single moment. Exactly, exactly. And so realizing that this is just one single moment of an infinite amount of moments is helpful. And it's not to be like, like, I don't want anyone to walk away from this episode and be like, so I guess I'm worthless. You know, like, <laughs> it's, not, it's not that. It's just realizing that, like, in the grand scheme of things, there are things that are worth fighting for unquestionably. And there are some things which, not that they're not worth fighting for, but they're not worth letting it destroy your psyche for that day right because it's in the grand scheme of things it doesn't matter you know and and that's that's uh i think we probably you know like people i think will be able to to probably form their own opinion from that from what we've said but that's i I think it's just something at least something worth considering that these moments some of these moments which we define ourselves by you know they're just one moment in in our lives right and i also think that helps me at least not get so caught up in taking these small moments from the past and defining myself by them and and more just being like, look, realistically, like I build up these enormous narratives about the past and the future, but all I ever have had and ever will have is the present. And right. that's like something that I I'm I'm encouraged by in, in in some way. So I'm like careful about how I respond and intake information in the present because that's what I have. Yeah, totally. Wow. Way to, way to, I didn't mean to, I I on that one. right, Jesus. right, right after I said I wasn't going to go on like a, <laughs> yeah, right. you couldn't help it. I could, yeah. we all you know, know I can't help it. No, you just needed to lay a five paragrapher on us and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, will, I, I love what you said, Chris. I love what you said. That's, it's so important to like, to have that grander perspective for sure. Yeah. Do you know that joke, Ryan? That the, 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 I'm not sure if you listened to that episode, but I forget what it is. I launched something. I think I launched my new portfolio site and Allison was jabbing me because I finally posted something on Facebook and social media without five paragraphs. <laughs> Literally every single one of Chris's right. Facebook updates is five to eight paragraphs long. 
and it's like in like almost slightly stilted Shakespearean English. Like, right. <laughs> I I do suffer from like a similar affliction. Only yeah. is it yeah. just the Canadian thing? You know, it could be, or it it could also be just that, uh, like sometimes when you when you kind of get on a roll, you kind of have to see it all the way through. And uh, I know that well with Chris. Chris is really eloquent and uh, often has something useful to say. A lot of what I write uh, tends to be um, definitely lowbrow humor <laughs> or highbrow humor wrapped in just absolute dribble. So, uh, but but it does tend to run about five five three to five paragraphs long. Um, there's usually a punchline somewhere in there. So I love, I, can, I love your updates for what it's worth. I think they're brilliant. Thank you. I can I can see where uh, I can see where Chris comes from because I'm I'm a man who likes to tell a story as well. I'm just a woman of mystery. I just don't post shit on Facebook. I'm like, okay, if you want to tag me in something, go for it. Like, right. but I am a ghost. I am a cipher. I'm a lurker. I'm a lurker at heart. That's just who I am. Like, I'm not the person out there in the comment section battling for their opinion. I'm the lurker who's just like, yeah, dumb fuck. That's basically <laughs> well, not, not, not everybody can run through the internet like Chris and I with their elbows up. Um, no, you know, just it would just be so to, much noise. Conversation. Can I just exactly. share, share two two updates that I've loved from Ryan in the past week? One one was clearly proving that he could do less than the five paragrapher. It was just a status that said "fuck you, Home Depot." <laughs> <laughs> I just saw and I was like, oh my gosh, we're going there. Then the other one, the other one I like really liked, and I even mentioned Brie, I was like, oh my God, this is great, was said, thank God gyms are reopening. I really miss videos and photos of people working out. I don't think I would have made it much longer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I really wanted to know how your leg day was doing. Yeah, well, I mean, I like to keep proper form. And and since I can't do it in the first place, I need other people to show me, you know? Um, (laughs) And, and I need a, and I need a reason to wear clothes that are tight enough on the internet so that everybody can see what's going on. And I, I think that uh, I think that workout culture has definitely made it appropriate to wear clothes that are too tight for you all the time. Yeah, of course, no one will know about the secret contractual agreement that we made before the podcast that we we really pump up the tires of all our guests. And so that was <laughs> that was the five minute segment where it's like, okay, so just we got to stop for a second here and just make sure that Ryan leaves feeling really overconfident. Yeah. Um, this is the part where you get to plug all your thirst traps. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think I think at the end of the day, my my like as much as I'm an artist and as as much as I, I want to be an entertainer, I think uh I'd also be equally just as happy as being like um like handcuffed to a radiator at like creative studio for like South Park and just being given like a straight diet of like chicken wings and marijuana for like six years and just have them milk every last joke out of my body and then send me back into society. I think I'd be okay with that too. So I think the most alarming thing is how vividly you painted that picture. Like I just like I, yeah. I really the really use good. of the word milk disturbed me. Like that <laughs> that may have made me go vegan. <laughs> well i'm glad i could do that for you oh dear <laughs> ideas as being shared and not milked from me but <laughs> oh i don't know why that word is like turning my stomach today <laughs> there's a yeah i mean i think that's the purest the purest form of extracting anything whether it's intellect or comedy or um, you know, like any great idea is to milk it from a person, um, from, from, from the seat of the mind. So, I mean, I like to think that's why we're here today. 
we, we need to change the topic. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, oh gosh, that was great though. Can we do I'm anxious about milk now? Can we? <laughs> yeah. Let's let's stop talking about the news. I now have a newfound anxiety about milk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For the longest time I pronounced it milk like with an e. M E L K? Yeah, like I didn't notice milk. that I was doing that. I was just like milk milk. I'm not sure if we can be co-hosts anymore actually. <laughs> Someone pointed it out to me and I realized it and I corrected the error of my ways. So, it's all right. My now. picture Milk, M-E-L-K, being sold unrefrigerated in a <laughs> box, like next to like like um antifreeze. Like I don't picture it in the fridge in a bag like it is in Canada. I the sunny D of orange juice, milk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just yeah, pretty much. Milk like. <laughs> oh great. So um transitioning now forcefully. <laughs> One thing I did want to talk about and actually just see if what, what your thoughts were on this, actually, because it's, it's an idea that just kind of like struck me today and it seemed reasonably bright. And I thought, why not put it to the jury and see if mm. I um, am deemed guilty for stupid ideas? So I was thinking to myself that one of the common tropes or ideas from from people that's like it's kind of like this age old wisdom. You don't know who said it, but everyone's told you 16 times. Right. And you right. probably attribute it to your grandfather. But it's like the the idea is that like you're kind of like the sum of the five people you're closest to. That as you get older, you kind of like want to make sure that you're surrounding yourself with good people because you're right. the sum of these people in some way. And it was occurred to me that in today's culture, in, in some way as well, you're kind of the sum of the five news sources or the five mm. places you get information mm -hmm. um, in, the, in a similar way. And I was curious about what you thought about that and maybe even how it relates to anxiety and, and how we, you know, need to be careful about what information we're intaking. Go ahead, Allison. Yeah. I think, um, for me, the way that I intake news generally is through like a very satirical or humorous lens, which I think speaks to my like discomfort with the truth and the reality of the world. It's like, I need someone poking jokes at, at what's going on in order to feel okay. And I think part of it is sort of my age and what news sources, but I started paying attention to the news when I was around 11 or 12, pretty shortly after 9-11 um, and George Bush being inaugurated. I started watching The Daily Show with my dad every night. And I started watching it at first just because it, he let me stay up till like 11.30 if I watched it. So it was like <laughs> a way to like get out of bedtime being earlier. Um, and it was just like fun time with my dad. But because I kind of had a feeling even then, even though I was too young to really understand what was going on, that things were like deeply fucked i sort of appreciated the humor that went with it that kind of made it like oh it's okay that our president can't put a sentence together although god now i'm thinking about how eloquent george bush was in comparison but let's go um like it's okay that he said that really fucking idiotic thing because john stewart made a funny you know, and it's like, that's kind of carried over into how I need to absorb my news. And it's how I kind of conduct my life, too, is like, I just use humor as like a battering ram to get through basically any uncomfortable situation, whether that's like right. conversing with a stranger <laughs> or just whatever. It's just like humor is the 
the vehicle that I'm ramming through the crowd. Right. No, that's a very strange metaphor. <laughs> no, let's not do that. <laughs> the aggressive metaphor. Of, wow. Ruining some large-scale event with your careless drive. <laughs> I was trying to think of another thing, like battering rams. That's, but no, that's as visceral as, as anything can get when you're thinking of like a metaphor. Well, it's it's also yeah. interesting that you're relating like your. And you know what? By the way, I'll I'll add and relate to you in that respect. That um, like growing up, I like I was such a lover of late night television, like like late night TV hosts. Actually, probably explains a lot about who I am today. But between, you know, watching like Conan and um, Jay Leno and like Craig Kilborn and stuff. And like, it's crazy that like satire has become a reality. It's crazy that like the satire used to be like the bits and like the stories and the jokes. But now it's like it's watching the news. It almost feels like you're watching a Colbert report. Like in action. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Like the onion must be like, well, what the fuck do we do now? They're people just going to start the line being between like if the onions fake or real or not. I think people have had genuine yeah. outrage reading an onion article thinking it was the real news. Yeah, they, yeah. Have. they have. Yeah. And I think the onion just needs to start now just like publishing like actual like <laughs> random news stories like there's you know the weather is is sunny right. and people would be like, wow, that's great satire. Like because it's just that's how upside down our world that's is. so dark that positive news would become the satire <laughs> like yeah. chi- like child saved from well and people are like great story god lol oh man that's really interesting though that both of you mentioned that i was the same i wonder if that says something about why we're all drawn to this sort of form of podcasting and so on it's like i was i every single night would watch conan and uh, and i loved I loved seeing the way that these really, really bright people, they, they managed to communicate, like the, the undertone of what they were saying uh, was so poignant and so deliberate, but they were doing it through humor. So you were laughing, you know, in the Colbert Report and whatever, like you were laughing, but the takeaway was just as right. clear. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. That's, that's, that was the brilliant part for me. I mean, I think this probably comes like from the, just I've always loved literature and reading between the lines and things. I love it when when people are speaking and there's speaking on multiple levels, right? Like you mm-hmm. have to turn your brain on, you know, to right, actually right. think about what's being communicated. And unfortunately, unfortunately, with, with we're talking about the news, kind of all roads lead back to the orange man. But I think, <laughs> you know, like you look at someone like that where it's like he's he's. Um, I mean, I don't want to talk too much about him because I don't want everyone to hate us for making ruining their day but i think like you look at the way that some politicians are are behaving and it's like it's almost so simple and dumbed down there's nothing to read between the lines and then you look yeah. at some of these brilliant people which were they're not only absorbing the news then putting their own take on it which has another spin that has like like really bringing events and words to life in ways that are you know something a lot more brilliant than um than the way things are being conveyed by others so i have a tremendous respect for um and like and John Oliver right. and all these people, right? Who are, oh, but but John unfortunately, Oliver. unfortunately, the problem is that you know, and this happens on the right and the left. It's like these people you, they find you, they're conveying the news to one group. They find their wheelhouse. Everyone's like rah rah rah. That makes so much <laughs> right. sense. That's brilliant. But unfortunately, there's such a big separation now that like the right's not watching John Oliver and the left's not watching Bill O'Reilly. And so you have like everyone's just in their own movie theater, like yeah, yeah. this is the right. best. So much um, polarization. It's almost like news is entertainment and not information anymore. 
Right. And then, you, and then, so nobody's watching each other's movies, you know, like, so you're yeah. in two separate movie theaters. And then if you ask everyone to switch, they're like, wait, what's going on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, agree I do always try to like compare headlines for major events. Like when something happens, I'm like, oh, this is kind of like a seminal moment. Like this is a landmark moment. I always try to check both like liberal and conservative things just to see what the takes are. And it's always interesting to me uh, because it's a lot of it is very subtle. Like people talk about Fox News as if it's totally fake news. And it's like it's not quite like Breitbart level fake. You know, it's <laughs> it's just it's coded. There's like there's right. dog whistles everywhere. Right. You know what I mean? Mm. And so it's not like outwardly outward outwardly outwardly, I yeah, guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not like outwardly publishing total lies all the time like there's bias and embellishments and racist dog whistles and you know homophobic dog whistles there's a lot of that that goes on sort of this like culture war kind of rhetoric but it's not you know it's not as fake as what like the president is saying you know what i mean like which is is crazy and i just wanted to also just kind of i was thinking about we were talking about john stewart and sort of how the meaning of fake news has really changed because fake news used to be kind of like fun. It's the fake news. And now fake news is just, you know, it's, it's just the word people use to, to shut down other people and not engage with, with thinking, you know, like it's just, and there and fake news, it, yeah. And fake news is real. There is tons of fake news, obviously, oh, but it's just become, it's also just become a buzzword. Like, Oh, I don't even have to engage with what you're bringing to me because I dismiss the grounds that it's even well they've, they've colloquialized real, the idea you know? of fake news as something that can just be thrown around as like a as an argument for fact you know like and, and that's yeah. what's and I think that <clears throat> just to sort of before we move too far on I, I did want to mention two things one was that it, I think part of the reason maybe why we grew up sort of in love with the idea of watching late night tv and getting information in a way that was more easily digestible or palatable was because um, for the longest time, I mean, even when we were a lot younger growing up in the nineties or earlier um, that so much of the information presented by the news, um, it just, it comes immediately polarized. It comes with an agenda and it's not just factual information. It's, it's like you said before, it's, it's, it, it almost gets presented as entertainment because it's almost like they're looking for viewership rather than providing information. Um, so that becomes yeah. a problem. And then I think part of the reason as well uh, that we're so drawn to like late night TV hosts as people that we could that we could trust is because there's there's, uh, you know, relating to what you said before, Chris, about about being the, um, you know, the combination of the five closest people in your life. I mean, one of those people by a lot of studies is supposed to be like a mentor, somebody who you can trust and learn from. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I don't know if mentorship is something that's that common anymore, even in jobs, really, but in, in everyday life as well, whether you feel that you can trust the factual information given to you by your parents, your family, or by your teachers. Um, everything kind of comes with a little bit of a string attached, and it's a little bit hard to take things, I think, in like a sterile informational way. And um, there's kind of something trustworthy about an entertainer. And I think that's I think that actually draws true for a lot of comedians where, you know, even though what they're delivering might be, you know, kind of elaborately put together as a joke or as a bit, but a lot of the information at its core, there's always a bit of truth in comedy. And I think that in presenting oh, things yeah. in news that are supposed to be comedic, you kind of cut through the bullshit of the presentation and get to the core of what the point of that story or or maybe what that anecdote was about. Yeah, Definitely. very well said. 
Definitely. So I just wanted to talk a little bit um, about how cable news is different in the U.S. and in Canada, because I'm just kind of curious, because I envision Canada as just like a land of like, I don't know, like Canadian geese getting into bar fights. And they would, though. If the just, geese could get and... into the bars, they would fight people. It's true. Violent cruelty. And just like you know, polite disagreements and Tim Hortons. And that's basically all I imagine. But in the US, it's just like, it's just ad nauseum, the same news for hours and hours. And I guess it's because they expect people to kind of like, you know, turn it on for 10 minutes and then turn it off. But like someone like my mom will sit there and watch the news for like two hours. And it'll just be saying the same thing over and over again, every like, 45 minutes of like and this tweet today da, 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 da. and it's just like but I heard about that tweet like 10 minutes ago like it's just it's so so repetitive and it just kind of is crazy making because it's just like it seems like it's designed to get you riled up and angry and you get riled up and angry but then there's no call to action it's just like let's just right. force more anger down your throat um, you know what I mean go ahead and internalize that well Chris yeah. I don't know what you're it's just like sorry go ahead Allison sorry Oh, no, um, that was pretty much it. I was going to cut in and say that uh, I don't know what Chris's opinion on this is, and I'm, I'm sure he's got his own. But when I watch Canadian news, whether it's like CTV or CP24 or whatever that we're dealing with, um, I mean, I don't watch a whole ton of Canadian news. Um, and that's probably a good thing. But at the same time, um, and I, I don't say it because there's, I have anything against Canadian news, but because watching too much of the news in general will probably do some bad things, too, as I'm already experiencing in the last couple of weeks. But um, I don't think that the news in Canada is deliberately inflammatory. Um, a lot of the information that I tend to get from articles <clears throat> doesn't tend to adhere to any sort of really obvious party politic language. Um, I don't really notice like a huge red versus blue vibe, except when you get close to an election time. Otherwise, mm. generally, I find a lot of stories, especially through the, the news that tends to be more mainstream that I watch and, and listen to, um, is, is usually I find pretty even and pretty fair. Um, and, and more often than not, I, I mean, I don't know if it's considered more normal to be table talk, but, um, I mean, my friends and I, you know, in our groups, we talk about politics and we, we discuss a lot of things, but it's definitely not something that's like a major cornerstone of, I think of, of Canadian identity is having a strong political stance on absolutely everything. I think, um, I think it's kind of one of those polite topics that you can get onto, you can have discussion about and disagree with um, pretty politely in most cases. That being said, I'm not saying that Canadians all have played arguments. Trust me. I mean, I've, I've watched enough parking lot fights over people um, over really <laughs> arbitrary shit. So don't get me wrong. I'm definitely not trying to uh, I'm not trying to make everything look kind of perfect. But in that respect, I would say that um, the news just to, to me isn't really inflammatory, except that um, you just you can't really do a whole lot uh, when you're just when you're just observing and taking information on all the stupid shit people are doing. It's just frustrating. I mean, for me, that's the only thing is that mm -hmm. um, the way that the way that so many things are handled here, I, I guess I think if I had to imagine a, a dichotomy being drawn down the middle between Canadian and American news, I feel that Americans get a lot more involved in the goings on of the news um, mm -hmm. as where I feel like I'm largely a third party to getting information and what's going on. It's not often that what's happening in the news is happening down the street from your house or immediately um, affecting you uh, and, you know, this is with exception of what's happening with coronavirus, because what's happening with that kind mm -hmm. of affects everybody. But, you know, I'll find a lot of the news isn't really happening close to home for me. Um, and maybe that's a good thing that um, a lot of Canada focuses on sharing information on international or even just national news within the country rather than uh, 
trying to inflame people into feeling like they need to lock down their block with a personal, um, you know, community guard and, and, and kind of having strongly polarized views where everybody, including your neighbor, uh, is potentially your enemy. I, I just don't feel like that's the way that things are here. And I don't think that that's the way that things are all over the U.S., but I sense that a lot of the news in the U.S. that I do watch um, does come with a bit of an inflammatory uh, tone to it. Oh, for sure. For sure. It's, it's very rare for people to be able to have friendships like over party lines and relationships over really? party lines like yeah it's really not super common maybe maybe friends but like i don't know anyone who dates someone whose politics aren't in the same color group as them you know what i mean like it's it's just kind of a non-starter because just american identity is so polarized and politicized that it's just like it's everything is us versus them you know there's no like middle ground we're like hey we can agree on on this one thing right it's it's always just like well no we're against that because you're for this it's just it's very kind of toddler tantrumy feeling to me like well if you want this i don't want this i was just gonna hop in and say just to respond to some of what ryan was saying there as well and some of what you were saying like i think that that's pretty much the way I feel about it is there's there's a couple of things at play there. One being that I don't think there's a strong like I don't think Canadians are quite as drawn to affiliation. Like I wouldn't say I, I would be fine taking news from CBC. CBC, uh, the Canadian Broadcasting um, Corporation, is funded in part by taxpayers, so they have a strict obligation not to be left sure. or right. And like that's something that you would find at like cottages, houses, whatever, just playing in the background. And so they kind of have an obligation not to be too left or right. And so I think the baseline of how Canadians take in their information is a little bit more not too left or right, whereas you might have. And, and the other thing, too, is it's worth mentioning, like there are tons of niche, really left, really right broadcasting networks and stuff. Oh, in Canada. It just depends on where you get your news. But I think on a macro level, I think just and this is a really broad a broad perspective and I can't really speak to this too heavily on the American side of things. I just think Canadians aren't quite as obsessed with affiliation. Like I mm -hmm. don't define myself. I, I'm a liberal and that means I'm this, this, and this, like I'm willing to listen to a number of leaders and make right. a decision. Um, we don't have just two parties, right? We have many more parties. And that means that uh, I'm not quite as like boxing with left or right. I have, plenty of friends that went, we went to all different universities. Like we don't talk about our universities and affiliation. Whereas in the U S I know, like you might have an Ohio state hat or whatever. Like it's just, we're just not quite as affiliatory. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just, that can bleed into news. Like I, I guess I don't want to go too off track and be like, just like <laughs> turn this into a hyper like a political tirade or, and like get into the small uh, idiosyncrasies of geopolitical and university affiliations in Canada. But I think, from a sociological perspective, like I think we we take in news, but I'm not. I don't wave the flag of a particular news right, network right. per se. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't show up to yeah, parties with I'm Chris. And I'm like, are you CTV guy, Chris? Chris, like, fuck no. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. You know, we, we're it's you know, like I'm. I'm not going to be like we're conservative, <laughs> and we're and we're this, and we went to this school, right. and I'm in a church on Sunday, and <laughs> we're going to this, and we're. You know, Allison. I think that the way that you've described the polarity and extremity of, of the way that um, sort of political views and party politics seem to influence even like like social dynamics, I would say like that's mm -hmm. the minority. You would very rarely see somebody show up in a social situation, um, at least in my in my personal experience, and have them like 
kind of throw their weight around or hold anybody to account for their beliefs in like a, in a, a more of a, like a mild social setting. Um, that would be very rare to me. In fact, I think you'd, you'd have a lot of turned heads in a room um, if people were, were behaving like that in a situation where they're holding other people strongly to account without provocation um, to defend their politics in order to be socially accepted. I just don't think that's the way that things are done here. Um, I think Chris would probably agree with that, especially our social group is is just really not like that. I think our social group that that we tend to spend a lot of our time with, um, they don't we don't tend to hold other people to account or even bring up a lot of other people's beliefs. Our politics yeah, are all it's good. just really not a thing. Um, and I mean, we do have some very like there are a lot of a strong a lot of strong opinions out there, but I think they're the strong opinions that are often expressed in conversation are ones that don't necessarily exist in an echo chamber, but they're just the ones that are. Like the, they're just like the most morally feasible and ethically feasible results of being like, yeah, like, you know, without going into deep topics or anything like that, like, yeah, like rape is bad, murder is bad. Like none of us disagree with that on a social level. And we don't really get into the deep political stuff. Um, and there doesn't really tend to be a lot of division on any of uh, any of the topics really going on in politics here. It's there's a lot of common views on good and bad. I mean, the arguments between whether or not to wear a mask are, are definitely out there. And there's a lot of opinions on Facebook and Instagram about oh, it, but dear. you know, um, I thought you guys would have would have escaped that idiocy. Yeah, we didn't we didn't get too far from it. There are still people out here who are not all on the same page about different things. Um, but in the general scheme of things, I'd say Canadians are largely in in non political settings very amicable. Yeah, I mean, we 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 don't escape it all. Like we have our own measure of stupid people, and we have we definitely have examples of politically, especially in the last 10 years where it's like, oh, wow. Okay. So like, I think, I don't think we can pretend like we don't have the, some of those no, people um, who are, who are going to be like on that spectrum either way, really. But I uh, like the more extreme views, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it, it's, in, it's interesting, but I think at the very least you can say that I feel pretty comfortable that if I'm intaking cbc for example that i'm not going to be like inundated with one or the other it can be like at least somewhat objective yeah yeah, yeah. that's that's nice Which i is good i wish there was more objective news like probably our closest source to objective would be like pbs which is public broadcast syndicate i think and that's also taxpayer funded which is always trying to be uh defunded by the republicans so even that doesn't escape right. our our uh politics is that a lot of the time they're trying to strip away funding because i mean in my opinion you know news presented um without a fierce slant doesn't serve the Republican agenda. The Republican agenda is generally served best by making people afraid of X, Y, and Z. And so I think that that's probably why objective news reporting is frightening to them. Sure. Oh, and one other thing I did want to hop in and say is not to be not to be hypocritical in any way, because obviously part in the beginning of this podcast, I did mention that part of the part of the nature of being overwhelmed by the news is not being able to necessarily trust the factual information. I think part of what's going on in the news right now um, is just that there's so much conflicting information coming from different sources. So while you can watch one source of news, like say Canadian news and get one set of information, I could be then checking into, you know, more, more American centered news, like things like CNN and get a different set of information that's coming from a different source. So it's not necessarily that all Canadian news or is, is always truthful or that I have perspectives on what is or isn't truthful without, um, without any real cause, but it's, it's that there's so much information coming in from the news in different places where it, you would just think that the truth without being objective, um, without being, sorry, subjective, is that 
you would necessarily think everybody would be on the same page if something was true. But there's just so much online uh, in regard to information, whether it is related to coronavirus or not, that sometimes it's hard to get a perspective on what it, which sources to trust overall. So it makes it kind of hard to trust anything overall. Yeah, definitely. It can give you a sense of just unrootedness. Yeah. And it, it can, which is really unfortunate. And I think there's something insidious to it as well, that if you feel unrooted and unmoored to reality, you won't be engaged to fight against things that are terrifying. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's sort of a way of disarming the population in a sense by confusing the masses in order to take attention away from critical matters. I think that there is sort of a, an effort to overwhelm people to kind of sedate them into the status quo existing because the status quo existing serves the people who have been been being served historically, you know? So I think that there is sort of the way that it's just being used as sort of like a an opiate to keep people in their sort of hype bubbles, but not actually acting a lot of the time. Yeah, I think that that all makes sense. Um, and I think probably we can reasonably call this one I'm anxious about the news slash politics. Uh, because <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, but you know, you can't talk about the news without talking about politics. It's 100%. and honestly, I really hate it. I'm just going to go on a side tangent. I get a lot and I don't know if everyone gets this or if it's something that gets leveled against women more, but I get told a lot not to, to talk about politics or not to mention politics. I'm like, you know, this is my platform that you just, you know, are, are visiting like on my blog. If I like mention something that uh, I thought you were you directing know. that at me. This is my plan. I was like, no, I'm not. I'm not dissuading <laughs> you. Talk away. <laughs> no. Um, no, but like, I'll have people tell me not to talk about things on platforms that I pay for and host. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't know if that happens to everyone. Maybe it's just me, or like something that people like to do to women to sort of silence them, and they feel more comfortable doing that to women. But I think that everything has politics in it. Politics mm-hmm. is just power, essentially, and people who hold it and people who don't. And so for people to be like, I really liked your show until you started talking about politics. It's like, well, you know, politics is real. It impacts people's lives. And we are human beings who have opinions and just pretending to like, you know, keep our nose in the sky and being like, oh, I don't I don't see what's happening out there. I feel like that's disingenuous. And it's like, you're welcome to disagree with me. I'm not going to argue with you because I frankly don't care. But like, you know. I don't like when people try to dismiss talks about politics because politics are mm-hmm. crucially important, even if we don't like something, them. something I'd like to add, Allison, which I, you know, like just based on your perspective, I mean, I think that there probably is somewhat of an element to some people just not caring for women's opinions. I think there, there's definitely those people out there, but I'd also say largely it's not just that, like I, I'll, I'll I, being on Facebook and being on Instagram, obviously we're all, we're all subject to, uh, our phones listening to us and coming up with ads for different things. And sometimes I will get ads for, you know, different companies that I don't even necessarily follow, but, you know, companies are trying to be, I think largely most companies are trying to be progressive um, to the point of wanting to voice their support for marginalized communities and stuff like that. I mean, black lives matter and, you know, pride movements um, for LGBTQ plus, 
it's just like you'll you'll see comments on ads where people are you know they'll go out of their way to say you know i stay out of politics you just lost a customer and stuff like that and it's like yeah the politics aren't even necessarily discussing what's going on on capitol hill the politics politics to people are you know, like any any topic in which it can be socially divisive and um yeah. i want to say that part of the problem with probably a lot of people especially based on the comments i see them leaving um, are that they can't communicate why they don't like something or they can't or they or they can't communicate um, enough about a topic to want to have a discourse or a discussion about about how they feel about something. Um, the fact alone that they would basically try to tell you not to have an opinion on something or not to share your opinion on something means that they probably have a conflict with what it is you're talking about, but not necessarily because you're a woman. And it could be because that. But I think it's also because they don't want to be subject to thinking about a challenging topic. Well, for that very reason that it challenges something that they either they do like, or they don't like, or they feel, or they feel targeted because it's something that they don't agree with. But part of the problem with that as well is just like, if you are, if you are performing your own service, being that you're, you know, you're, you're paying to have a platform. I mean, it's, it's crazy that uh, the way that people like to operate is that rather than be responsible for what they are experiencing or listening to or taking in or being part of and participating in, whether it's like social media, a discussion, watching a video, um, that they feel it's more on the, it's the onus is more on other people to not have an opinion or to not have individuality (laughs) than for them to be in control. Like if you're watching a movie and you don't like what's on the movie, like, do you, do you contact the movie studio and tell them not to make movies like that anymore? Or do you turn the fucking TV off? Like, you know, that's kind of where I am when it comes to arguments like that. So just in, in support yeah, of the exactly. shit that you're experiencing, fuck those people personally. They just really yeah. like oh, be yeah. responsible for moderating the things that you intake. Because just like what Chris mentioned before about being influenced by the the five closest people around us and how the news is much like that. I mean, if you like media, media is basically one of those people. And if you don't like what you're being influenced by, I mean, you can tailor that more now than ever before. You do not have to sit through commercials. You don't even have to watch TV. You could take up books and trust me, you're not going to have any divisive opinions about fucking, I don't know, fan fiction. Um, if you're just going down that route. So, I mean, everything is tailored. You can be, you can tailor your whole life to avoid inflammatory opinions. If you don't want to support any companies that you know, are you know, more on the social justice spectrum of, of the way that they advertise or market, then great. Like you can turn those ads off. You can unfollow those people. So it's, it's, I think it's yeah. just shitty people that you're dealing with. And you don't have to announce it. Yeah. One of my favorite things that I've yeah. seen recently is this is not an airport. You do not have to announce your departure, <laughs> your departure. For, <laughs> yeah. for people yeah. like being like, I'm unfollowing you. Bye, and I just think that's great. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. All right. That's brilliant. And I also feel like I, I resonate with a lot of what was, was said there in the sense of like, I'm sure somebody who was listening to this podcast might at some point been, I don't know, turned away by something we said, perhaps they're heavily leaning in one direction. We we don't align politically. And like, I think that's okay. Personally, I would rather speak openly about how I feel and people can choose how they want to take it in. There is no obligation as a listener to take my views and and incorporate them into your life. If they're helpful, great go ahead and take them in. But I would never say, uh, here's our podcast, which is specifically for this kind of person. You know, right. you might find that naturally certain kinds of people are more gravitated towards it or gravitating towards it. But um, ultimately, people can make those choices. So I think that those are interesting points. I think we will be at risk of hitting two hours <laughs> if we don't. Yeah, um, we probably need to uh, 
to yeah to wrap to wrap it, to wrap to wrap it up. up and uh, but, that's, but that's okay but i think we've gotten into this um trend recently of like we like to finish the podcast really on you know a positive note since we went on you know we went to, to the deep and dark side of the moon in, in this episode <laughs> i think it's it'd be great to finish off by talking about um firstly if we all just want to touch upon okay so we've talked about all this and uh let's say you're a person who is anxious about the news i guess i, I think it'd be great to talk for a minute about what steps we take to try and combat that anxiety and maybe what steps people other people could take to combat that anxiety um and then we can kind of wrap it up with 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 one one thing we're patting ourselves on the back for but first i'd love to i'd love to talk about kind of how you how you sort of think about your own anxiety with the news and how you try to um, alleviate some of that anxiety and uh, yeah, take it away. Yeah. I I would say that as I've, as I put it early in the podcast, um, sometimes I I kind of feel like when I'm on the news or I'm revisiting the news too often, um, it it is just kind of a steady stream and often tends to be either uh, difficult to discern in terms of, you know, where the ethical high ground is in different articles or, or, or different topics um, but also just to determine, you know, what's true and what's not true. Um, sometimes it's a little bit too much to kind of know what's going on in the world. And and I kind of feel like one of the best things to do, one of the most important things to do is, even though it feels good to be informed and it feels good to kind of be in the know so that you can share those topics of interest and opinions with other people. Um, I, I think we spend so much time living in our own heads and then spend so much time receiving information um, in, in almost like a very unfiltered way uh, from the news that it's important to, to get away from that. And I find that the less time I spend indulging in that, the better I feel and, and so much more uh, to get away from it in a way that's real. I mean, very tangibly, like, you know, turn off the internet, be disconnected, live in your body, live in what's going on currently around you. Um, and it's, it's, it's strange, but uh, when you get so much back more to like a natural state, I, I find a lot of my anxiety tends to go away. And I also find it as a, as almost like a paradigm shift, it's, it's almost better sometimes to, to know what not to care about. And that sounds almost ignorant to a degree, but that there's so much, there's so much going on in the world. It's like, know how to get involved in things that are important to you and how not to be either tricked or duped or lured into caring about things that you either can't change or can't control. And I think a lot of people uh, get looped into that, even in ways that don't relate to the news is, don't get frustrated and, and don't get obsessive about things that you can't change or control. Learn to accept things as they are. And I think that that for me has been a, a huge coping point. And if I had to give anybody advice as well, who is experiencing a lot of anxiety related to trying to discern through the truth and get to the bottom of what's really going on in the world or, or even how to get a clear perspective on how to feel about things because so much of it can be overwhelming. The best thing to do honestly is have it not necessarily have a discourse, but have a discussion, talk to people around you about what they think about it. Um, don't, you know, don't try to, don't try to get into conversations necessarily in the, in the comment sections of either YouTube or Facebook (laughs) or wherever it is that there might be a conversation thread going. Um, and that's not to say that healthy conversations can't happen in those areas, but I would say, speak to people who, you know, have similar temperaments to you, people who might not necessarily have the same opinions, but are easy to speak to so that you can kind of figure out even, you know, do you think that this makes sense? Are these things that that you can, you know, like share your opinions on so that at least you understand how you feel, even if other people don't agree with how you feel? I think talking to other people about what's going on in the world is probably one of the best ways to keep yourself sane. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. very well, very well said. I'll say for me, one thing that has been helpful for me in reframing my relationship to the news is I used to feel a lot of 
hopelessness and helplessness about the state of the world and you know just how terrible things are for trans people black people other subjugated um not subjugated um what's the word i'm like oppressed uh, oppressed people um other people experience oppression and I've started to kind of try to add on like an action item when I'm feeling um, like something is unjust. And so I'm trying to like find a petition I can sign or an email I can send. Like I haven't worked up to phone calls because that just is too bunch of an anxiety trigger. (laughs) But um, I try to do something just so that I feel like I'm not just absorbing the news, that I'm, I'm saying something, that I did something with the news that I received. And obviously you can't do that for everything. I'm talking more about things that can be resolved through things like petitions. It's not like I can sign a petition being like, and coronavirus, you know, like. like <laughs> right. <laughs> I would sign it. Um, I would definitely sign it. Um, but yeah, so I try to tack on some sort of action item when I'm feeling super helpless. And it's something that I could actually do a small thing about. Um, other than that, I also try to kind of limit myself more to headlines and just kind of skimming unless something seems gravely important. Like really, I need to know what's going on with this specific thing that happens because it threatens like life or institutions or that sort of thing, you know, things that are really gravely important. But if it's just like the dumb tweet of the day, I'll just read the summary and the headline and then move on, you know, and try to not get too dragged into the cycle because I don't watch news. I only read and listen via podcast to it. So I can't really get caught in the, um, the news cycle anyway. Um, so that's sort of what I've done. And Chris, what about you? A lot of what you guys have said, I think, I just try to be more intentional about how I'm intaking the news and to just consider that um, hearing something or seeing something in the news doesn't mean, well, first and foremost, (coughs) excuse me, a lot of the news, um, particularly on Facebook, is designed for outrage. So it's designed, you know, people who get fired up, spend more time crafting responses and get more engaged with it, which is really all just under this umbrella of uh, spending as much time as possible on different platforms. So you want to be weary of falling into those traps. I also think you have to think about, you know, where you're spending your energy. If somebody on your Facebook feed, for example, is like, for example, during this coronavirus um, pandemic, I had a a friend who I hadn't talked to in a number of years, and he started to post all of this stuff from news sources that was totally unreliable about coronavirus. And instead of engaging on his post and writing about all the reasons he was wrong, I just unfriended him. And it was fine. I don't feel upset about that. I'm not missing those posts. And uh, I haven't spoken to him in years anyway, so I'm okay with that. Like, to me, that's fine. And I'm happy to do that with, with news sources as well. I also think I'm trying to be more cognizant of what notifications I'm getting. I, you know, finally went into my iPhone and looked at notifications and made sure that, you know, had to turn off some of the politics notifications because it was all all Trump all day. And I just felt like it wasn't helpful. You know, at a certain point, I don't really care how Trump's cat meows, you know, like whatever it is, like, you know, I I don't want to. He would never have a cat because. Exactly. He definitely definitely wouldn't have a cat. can't relate to anything that has emotions. Living creatures. (laughs) Yes, Exactly. But, you know, I, I think you, like you get my point where it's just like yeah, it's something yeah. like, like it's like the minutia of like it's like, did you hear like Trump busts his teeth counterclockwise? And it's like, <laughs> it's like what, what the hell am I supposed to do with this? You know, what yeah. is it? Why is this news? 
something actually does make me anxious in relation to the news is the amount of time and energy that's being spent covering absolute nonsense and <laughs> right. those bright, <laughs> right. bright minds that are wasting their great talents yeah. to cover what amounts to uh, crap. So that, that's something that does make me uh, anxious. But I think I'm taking an active point of being like, well, I'm not going to be inundated by those headlines. Um, yeah. I get my news. I make sure I stay informed in ways that I feel are healthy to me. I also feel like it's worth saying, like I am in no way saying that I am I am the, the righteous person who has the right view here. These are just views that I've formed over time. And I feel like to a large extent, I've done my due diligence to feel like I'm an informed and right. bright person. I'm willing to engage in conversations with anybody with any different viewpoint. But I think you know the problems get where we just draw lines and say, I'm not going past this put it this way. I feel very comfortable in defending my views, but I won't defend them to the death. If someone can prove me wrong, all the better. So that's that's part of my second point, really, which is just I want to be open. I'm open to having discussions, to hearing from other sides, to admitting that I might not be right about everything. You know, that's part of our journey in life, right, is to like, it almost relieves some burden of anxiety for me when I think, when I go at each day thinking that I'm you know, I'm not a fully formed person yet. Like I'm, I'm right. complete and I'm constantly trying to pad myself to become a better person. That kind of makes sure that I take off this layer of armor, which is like, I'm always ready to shoot, you know, like I'm really not. Um, I feel very strong in my, in the views that I do have, but again, you know, feel free to challenge them, you know, and, and that's, that's kind of the way I feel. So when I, when I think about news from that perspective, control notifications, be intentional about the news I'm intaking, um, but also be open to discussion. So that's, oh, that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. You've got to, you got to curate what comes into your head every day. I mean, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't sure. always have to be exactly what you agree with, but I think I, I completely agree with that. Even what you mentioned about having that person in your life who just was not giving you positive uh, input. Um, you, you definitely got to, you got to get the shit out. You got to cut out toxic parts of uh, your life. Right. And it's not my, like, it's also, you realize like, I'm not a, a missionary who's on a, who's on an endless spree to try and change the opinion of everybody who doesn't have my opinion. Uh, unfortunately, this person had I, what I felt were really damaging opinions, but right. I can already tell from the, where they're coming from that uh, I'm not going to make that difference and crack that nut. You know what I mean? Like, that's not where, that's not where I'm going to come into yeah. play. And hopefully someone who's closer to that individual can have a better discussion with them. But like, you know, I kind of feel like there's this situation where somebody uh, says something and then it's like someone flings an arrow from three football fields away from a past life. And it's like, I'll take this. And like that person is like in another place, you know, like you're not going to reach them. And uh, you might spend three hours and get yourself into an anxious tailspin trying to convince someone convince the unconvincible and i'm not yeah. saying there like there are some fights that are worth fighting i will go out and protest i will actively show my voice and i will share my opinions but um you're not going to change everyone's opinion so that's that's my view on things and i hope that's i don't know at least helpful in some way for right. for for some folks oh, for before sure. we get into the uh, end the last segment where we're patting ourselves on the backs because you know <laughs> self presence rock um is there anything anything I, i'm assuming there might be a response to what i said there might be additional comments do we want to do any last comments to be made or am i yeah. going to move forward what do you I, think? I just want to let the audience know that uh 
after they're finished listening to this, they should definitely check out the information posted beneath so that they can follow the links to find the change.org petition to make Chris less attractive. Um, if they wouldn't mind <laughs> signing that, that'd be great. Um, awesome. I'm just getting really tired of being the only one who feels this way. And I'd like to know that I'm not alone. <laughs> I will join you. Anything else? Okay, great. So we've got two signatures, um, <laughs> which is strong start. Allison, did you have anything else of equal importance to discuss? Uh, no, I think that's great. I think you made a good point that it's on us. Very attractive. No, no, no. That not that part. Um, it's on us to uh, call in our our closer our closer ties and not fight with a random from 10 years ago on Facebook, you know, it just, yeah. that doesn't, that just doesn't work. And um, because they're not, you have to have, in order to have critical discourse, you have to have a mutual understanding that you're coming to each other from a point of like empathy and consideration. And at least even if you're, you're set in your opinion, you have to be able to approach the other person willing to change your mind. You know, and yeah. I don't think you can do that with, you know, Joe Schmo, who you haven't seen since, you know, the last day of high school. Like, you don't have that investment in that person. But it is really important to have those uncomfortable conversations with people right. who are close to you, with your family. I think that to, to an extent, I mean, you know, you also have to preserve your mental health as well. But I think it is on you to talk to the people that you love and care about about politics yeah. even if it's uncomfortable um yeah. but not joe schmo joe schmo can yeah, just I, you know continue i think that on. there's there's nothing there's nothing you can grow from trying to change the opinion of somebody who has no openness to having vulnerability to, to changing their own opinion um the only reason to ever deal with anybody like that in my experience is to protect other people who are being belittled or yes, um yeah. who are not who are who are not having an opportunity to be part of the conversation but Generally speaking, yeah, I agree with everything you said, Chris, and that I think that uh, if you're if you're going to participate in trying to share opinions with people who are not willing to be part of a larger conversation, who who don't think that there are any weaknesses or you know room for evolution in their own views or or discussion of their own views, um, then I would say yeah, you're, you've done the right thing right away by saving saving yourself a lot of time and grief trying to get through to somebody who, you know, in this moment can't be helped. Yeah. And I'm spending it on yourself too, right? Like yeah. just trying to challenge your own opinions in better ways or oh, more definitely. creative ways, opening your own. Like it would be better if you spent three hours reading the, the, the book that a lot of the people who have a differing view from you are really holding up as some sort of truth. Like, right. wouldn't it be better for you to spend three hours reading that book and understand the opinion of that book and maybe where people are coming from as opposed to just like blindly attacking them. Like it, it strikes me as this thing where it's like some people have built a strong shelter around them. And like, you really think you're going to take a small rock and be like, ha ha, you know, right. it's like that person has built a whole life around their opinions. And, and that's, uh, you know, anyways, uh, that's probably, <laughs> we'll, we'll probably have to tackle that one. Uh, on, yeah, this on might another be a multi-parter. Day. I think. Well, yeah, exactly. I would, we I would can have, we can, cannot Ryan back. I would I would say one one thing I've taken away from this conversation, um, besides knowing that I'm I'm definitely at this point in the day sick of hearing my own voice, um, <laughs> that I've had a really great time sitting down and, and chatting with you guys, and that there are so many things that I think we've mentioned that we could literally just sit here and have conversations about endlessly at the rate things are going, even just wrapping up our feelings about things. But um, I think we've we've covered so much today, and I think we've gone into so many other topics that 
if you guys ever decide you want to have me back and the audience has decided that um, they don't absolutely hate me or fear me, whichever is coming easier, um, <laughs> that I'd be happy to be back uh, on the show with you guys and to talk about other things that give me anxiety. Great. We would love I mean, to have no you back. Of those things. Yeah. yeah, thanks. So we'll do our proper wrap up now, nice and quick, nice and easy. What is one thing that in the last week, or we come, we typically do week, but like, you know, whatever, uh, the, recently that you're patting yourselves on the back for, for you were feeling anxious about it and you didn't crumble into human blue cheese. Oh my God. That is the best thing you've ever said. <laughs> human you. blue cheese. That's <laughs> Wow. That's now, now, does that, this need to pertain directly to like the news or could this just be no, pertaining no, to anything in general? Okay. This is the part where you like pump yourself up and are like, right, I'm the best. Right. Right. About anything. So like I could talk about my, you know, my small encounter with the heavily cologned individual yesterday. Um, you know, <laughs> right. Right. It's, it's, it's a nice, basically who typically just end our episodes by stepping out of the topic and just going back to, to our, our regular anxious uh, overview of our life. Right. Yeah. Um, who, who would like to begin? Um, Allison, you want to take yeah, it away? I can go for it. Uh, so for a couple months, I've been kind of paralyzed by the anxiety of what to do with my food blog because my food blog's niche is like food from around the world. It's called the Passport Kitchen. And there were a lot of conversations that were happening in the public space about, you know, cultural appropriation and um, fair representation of voices and authenticity in the food space. And it really just kind of sent me into an unproductive tailspin where I was like, oh my God, I can't do anything. Like this whole thing is a waste. I shouldn't be doing this. This isn't for me. And I just took some time to just sort of like listen and take in some sources and educate myself about how I can do what I want to be doing respectfully. And I kind of have reached at least a place that I'm comfortable with. And I'm very open to people correcting me kindly or unkindly to just say, hey, you know, you're messing up on this or you should consider doing that. But I got to a place where I'm comfortable moving forward. And that's good because I was kind of paralyzed I couldn't do anything because everything was wrong. Like I don't have a place to write about any of these things because I'm not an expert. And mm -hmm. I kind of realized that that was sort of a trap that I made for myself that I just needed to learn a little bit more to then give myself permission to start writing. And it may not be perfect. And I'm fully willing to say that I may make some mistakes. I may make some people unhappy, but at the end of the day, I want the blog to be a celebration of different foods and different cultures. And, you know, you don't necessarily need to be part of a culture to appreciate it. So um, I guess I just sort of getting out of my own head and making some headway on my food blog, which had been sadly abandoned for months that's, and months. That's great. That's really great. I love that. I, I just, I can't help but have a Dr. Phil moment here and just talk about <laughs> There's one sentence that you said that I think, it really, really sums up anxiety at large. And it, you you mentioned that it was a trap you made for yourself. Yeah. And I feel like that's like unconsciously something you may have said, but although I guess you said it consciously because you thought it and said it out loud. <laughs> I but am conscious, you, yes. Yes, you are conscious at this moment. You're not <laughs> sleeping saying these things. But anyways, it's it's 
I just think that's really true. I mean, oftentimes anxiety is a trap that we make for ourselves it, and and then it becomes larger than life. And I think it's it's great that you took the time to, to take a deep breath, dissect that and uh, and realize that for yourself. And I think that's a great I think I'm happy you came to that place. And I think that's great. And um, my Ryan, my friend, is there anything you want to highlight for yourself? You're also welcome to you know comment on what Allison sure. said first, but you're welcome to dive in uh, as well, whatever you feel. Well, uh, yeah, no, definitely. I, I, well, one thing I'll say is it's, it's really lovely to hear that, that you're working through the things that you've kind of backburnered due to anxiety, Allison. Um, I'm, I'm, I think I'm very much the same way. Um, especially when you're, you're kind of struggling with the idea of, um, you know, like tr- trying, trying to niche your own work and, or, and then trying to get out of the niche of your own work and also try to adapt it to a scenario that is less than practical, um, which I think, you know, many creatives right now, are in the same boat of just not being able to go about doing things the way that they were used to doing them before we were all locked up inside of our apartments <laughs> for the most part. So that's really great. Uh, I would say one thing that um, has been really difficult for me with the pandemic, and, and this relates directly into kind of my own perspectives on my own work, has been the last couple of years for me in terms of going between jobs and everything like that and, and trying to find the correct voice for my work um, and to and to kind of find the the right approach to the rhythm I like to get my work done and, and, and to kind of find my own voice as well has, has kind of come all together into um, trying to really figure out all of that out during the pandemic and being the kind of person that is incredibly just like coming at everything from a logical, organized, um, perfectionist standpoint. I really kind of had to learn to get to get kind of get around that over the last couple of weeks, especially the last couple of months. But definitely like the last two to three weeks, it's been like really just trying to like let go of being in control of everything. And that's just like, as insane as that sounds, realizing it's taken me months to realize there's a, there's a virus that is just ravaging the earth right now that is destroying economies all over the earth. And somehow in, in my psyche, I'm like, no, no, I should be in control of everything though. Like I should work <laughs> out, I should work out three hours a day and then have a strict schedule and then, you know, be like basically, you know, cleaning the house, living, living a perfect life. And uh, in any way and not giving myself any slack. Um, and it's like the last few weeks, I've just kind of like, I guess I kind of just took a deep breath and realized that like, I'm kind of leaning into the pandemic now more being like, everything's gone to shit. So this is great license for me to be more experimental, um, loosen, oh, yeah. up, loosen up my schedule and come at things from a, a little bit of like a, a less coordinated way and, uh, experiment a little bit more with where I want to go with everything. And, yeah. um, Aside from the the podcast that I've been working on with my buddies, as I mentioned earlier, we were doing that over the last year. We've recently gone on hiatus because there's just been such a backlog of projects and everything going on that have made shooting remotely really difficult. So this has also given me extra time over the last couple of weeks to say, you know, I might be anxious about getting things done all the time, being ultra productive, being the kind of person who has something to show for their time and, you know, kind of always being in control of everything. Now transitioning that into using that energy toward actually getting more things done than worrying about getting things done. So that's been a bit more of a breakthrough for me lately. That's That's great. great. I really like what you said about leaning into the pandemic. And, you know, I think we can hold space for how terrible it is for so many people. And also keep in mind that it's a huge shakeup and the shakeup can be an opportunity to do things in your life differently because you can't go on autopilot as if you were. Um, You'd be kind of insane if you did. And so I kind of enjoyed the freedom that it gave me in the sense that it sort of took my mind off of only continuing what was working um, to be like more money, more money, more money. And to think about, well, what are my passions? What are my interests? And 
what what are some fun things or interesting things that I could be pursuing that aren't just related to the like capitalist grind? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, totally. That's a lot of how how I was feeling for a good while there. And um, I, I mean, I've even heard Chris mention on on other podcasts that you guys have done where he, he kind of has those like those zero waste days of just being ultra scheduled and and how that really helps him. But I've I kind of found like it was kind of the opposite for me where I was I was getting to a point of like almost micromanaging myself so much that like if I were my own boss, I'd tell myself to fuck <laughs> off and relax. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I think I'm finding that balance. Yeah. I gave myself like two months of like mourning that the world was going to shit. And then I was like, and then you have to get yourself together. And yeah, like I, I kind of saw how bad it was going to be. Like I kind of understood quite quickly the situation that we were in and kind of made peace with it. But I had a lot of mourning and I just was like, you know what, just like two or three months the goal is just to get through the day. Like I'm going to fucking play the Sims yeah. three and eat <laughs> as much ice cream as I want. And I'm not going to work on my travel blog because travel is meaningless right now. And I just let myself have right, those right. kind of like two months of almost like sick leave, you know, after working my ass off for three years. And now I'm back working really hard and starting to rebuild and think about what makes sense for my businesses going forward. And it's it's good like and I have obviously like a lot of privilege to be able to do that I know a lot of people are losing their jobs don't have adequate savings or an adequate social safety net which is no fault of their own a lot of the time because you know it's just so impossible sometimes to get yourself on the right track so I know what I'm saying people don't always have like an emergency rainy day fund in case yeah and I know some people might be like shut the fuck up about all these opportunities you had you know and how great it was for you to (laughs) you know but like I understand what I'm saying may um grind people's gears a little bit but um just speaking truthfully for me obviously while I would so happily snap my fingers and have things return to normal I'm happy for the changes that it made me make so I wouldn't undo my personal journey although obviously if I could undo you know everything that's happened to the world I would but what has come out of it for me I'm happy with where it brought me if that makes sense yeah 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 I think I think it's it's fair for I think a lot of people would relate to what you said looking at their own transformation, which is for a lot of people, no matter who you are, we all have pain in different ways. We go have to grow through different ways. Right. So I think a lot of people have probably gone through their own version of, of, you know, discovering new things about themselves, whether it's been through, you know, unfortunate turmoil or, or actually for the first time, maybe in some people's lives, having like a couple of weeks or a few months to not work, to spend time with their kids, to reassess their priorities and think like, Hey, maybe coming out the other side of this, maybe, Maybe for the first time in a while, I, I have some time to actually realize what makes me happy, yeah. what I want yeah, in life, totally. right? Yeah, I think it's some good perspectives to offer. And, and hopefully, I don't think you have to worry too much, Allison, about people feeling one way or another. I mean, I, I think ultimately we're using this end part of our episodes as uh, to try and honestly speak about how we're feeling about different things. And my feeling is that that's a strength 
uh, of our podcast and people probably, I just like hopefully... to preempt my potential uh, detractors and just be like <laughs> yeah, oh true. you Early are gonna defense. say I'm a privileged bitch well, I fucking know okay <laughs> well, it's, it's, but, it's, but it is hilarious because it's like it depends on the topic so like if you're talking about some personal endeavor you're like and I know this might sound privileged and I, I just want to acknowledge that but <laughs> earlier in the episode you're talking about the news and you're like and everyone can just go fuck off and you know, like you know it's just yeah. it's hilarious to, it, it's so topic dependent on what range. else you're gonna get i have a range yeah. it's good though you have you have this this small insecurity that your audience actually imagines you as the um the human version of like an overly complicated starbucks oh my god order. my first job was a barista and i hate those people so much <laughs> Yeah, you and I. Oh you and I briefly yeah, talked the about fucking the, the quarter, the quarter shops. pump of vanilla. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry if you're measuring your pump in fractions, you need yeah. to get out of my store. Like, no, you get one pump. We're living two that full pumps, pump life three over pumps, here. Three pumps, four pumps. We're dealing in integers. Wait, are our integers no whole numbers no <laughs> integers i had to like pull back my my cap a little bit but no integers only whole numbers no imaginary this podcast will either. never end this <laughs> yeah. podcast will never end unless i can actually say my last bit which All right, I'll being stop. on the mic with you two being on the mic with you two it's like i'll just my- wait 25 <laughs> minutes to speak i'll just wait 25 <laughs> minutes as ryan and allison go back and forth back and forth I miss. I actually was starting to Thank miss you. your voice. Thank you. This I hope that didn't come across as too serious. I, yeah, this is the most assertive yeah. I've ever heard you, Chris. You're like, this is like. God, you're so attractive. You're like a right Canadian now, Chris, geese right now, a goose. <laughs> goose, a Canadian goose. That's why. Uh, it's I, I, it's funny because I was wondering if this episode would get an animal equivalent for me, yeah. and <laughs> we did because we had we've had we've had the squirrel, we've had okay. the golden, golden retriever. retriever. Yeah. So yeah. now you're the the Canadian goose about to start a bar fight if he doesn't get his turn on the mic. Yeah, yeah. I hope, and I hope that wasn't overly assertive because there no, it was wasn't. a. I was, just, I was just teasing you. Okay, good, good. Because there's a panicked Canadian moment no, where no. this goose put his wings down and wondered <laughs> if 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 the deathly silence after I mentioned that um, was a sign that I was. No, you you said some. There's so many great alternate titles, in. Big Goose Energy and uh, Crumbling Like Human yeah. Blue Cheese. <laughs> yeah, so many exactly. great alt titles. All right, go on, Chris. Say your piece. Thank you. Thank you. And we were, uh, it's hilarious because, like, I was joking at the maybe like one minute, one hour and 15 minute mark. I was like, oh man, if we don't stop soon, we're going to be at the two hour mark. And like, we're, we're approaching it pretty quick. So I hope you've listened to this in several segments um, because if not, someone's going to need to like slap you back awake. What I was going to say that I, I guess being something I'm happy with over the past week or so is just, um, I'm not sure it's any one thing in particular. I think it's just, I kind of like you, Alison, I, kind of got focused on like when you were talking about your site and you build up so much around it that you get you get I don't want to say disinterested but like you just can't open up Pandora that that box you know and and that's what was happening a little bit with my main site travelingimage.com and I didn't know how to write about travel I didn't know how to write about this that and the other and um I had that I guess you know pretty big award uh last week at least the biggest in my life from Travel Media Association of Canada, and that kind of like sparked this joy again, and it just like reminded me. I was talking to my mom on the phone this week, and she was like, she mentioned something about the award, and I was like, oh yeah, that, and she's like, 
you know, kind of reminded me that happened last week on Wednesday <laughs> or something, you know, and it's like I'd already taken that whatever I should have taken from that from a positive sense and put it away. And um, it was a kind reminder to myself that, you know, I ought to remember to, I guess, just at least celebrate things for more than 24 hours when when it was really t like 10 years of work was what was uh, in a sense celebrated. And, and maybe I ought to celebrate things for more than 10 minutes, you know, as opposed mm -hmm. to being like totally yeah. moving on quickly. And this is not like a, hey, everyone listen to Chris's award show uh, thing segment. It's, it's really <laughs> just, I mean, like, I feel like in, in general with anxiety, we have this tendency to, we can focus on one negative thing for years and yet are totally unable to focus on a positive thing for more than a day. Yeah, and like totally. maybe maybe right. our challenge like with yeah. with pe for people who have anxiety is to like maybe try to balance that a little bit more you know and 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 i don't mean like i'm gonna have like a beautiful sign in my office that's like hey chris who's an award winner it's you tiger like i don't mean <laughs> that you know and I, I also don't think we should probably hang our hat on one positive or negative thing as defining us either way but i do think probably we should try to at least consider that that uh, these positive things deserve space in our minds and hearts, you know? Oh, absolutely. I like that a totally. lot. I, yeah, I think I think we get so fixated on the idea of um, trying to appreciate small victories that sometimes we almost like gloss over the, the big ones. Yeah, that's a good I think that's really true. I was taking a sip of water, so that's why I didn't respond quicker. Uh, but I agree. I be like, oh, no, <laughs> I just said the first stupid thing of this podcast. There were plenty of know. stupid things said. Don't worry. Yeah. And the readers might be like, probably. I mean, readers. Be Jesus. The listeners. Damn it. Not again. Damn it. The listeners. Could you imagine trying to read oh the transcript of this I haven't, 25, even, I haven't words? even started doing that because I feel like putting this through like the AI platform that I would do to transcript it would just cause like a robot rebellion. Be like, fuck this shit. I'm not getting paid enough. <laughs> like <laughs> you want me to transcript this? <laughs> I'm not doing it. Um I love it. I think that's a pretty good place to end on. Um we've had we've had everything right. from Ups and downs, uh, shockingly assertive outbursts. You know, these are these are these are big these are big things for us. And and all joking aside, before I continue to say not much of anything at all, I just want to really thank you, Ryan, for taking the time to be on the the podcast today. It's um, oh, it's my so pleasure. it's really really fun to to have to just really shoot the shit with with people who have different opinions. Allison and I are extraordinarily adept at the back and forth between us. And it's really fun to add someone else to the mix. So I just want to first really thank you for the time and for being on here today. Oh, I had a great time. Um, it's yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun being able to talk about all this kind of stuff with you guys. And uh, I, I, it's definitely <laughs> considering how long we've been talking, I'd say that there's there's definitely some fun chemistry that we've had, and we've gone to some pretty weird places, which is fun <laughs> for me. And uh, and it's it's even more fun that I haven't been there by myself. So thank you guys so much for. Uh, Go into those weird conversations with me, and uh, I really hope that I can be a yeah, part of the show. In the can future, you so. uh, remind the uh, listeners one more time where they can find you if they just haven't had enough Ryan Patel in their lives today after almost two hours? Right. <laughs> <laughs> after, yeah, that's a well, that's a lot for most people. Um, but yes, uh, the podcast that I work on with my buddies Norm, Dan, and Terry it's called I'll See Myself Out, part of the North Brothers production platform. Um, so you can check us out through YouTube. You can also look us up on um, Instagram under uh, I'll See Myself Out Podcast. And if you want to keep up with my 
strange and obscure journey into artwork, uh, you can look me up on Instagram under denizen.aorp. That's D-E-N-I-Z-E-N dot A-O-R-P. Uh, that's where I'm going to be posting a lot of my illustration awesome. and graphic work. Great. Thanks so cool. much for joining us and enduring this Thank conversation so with us. Me. It was <laughs> a wonderful ride. I, it's, I mean, the fact that you're still here after two hours means yeah. I did something right for a change. Yeah, yeah it's true. All right. And thanks Sh- to shall everyone for Shall we make as well. like Canadian geese and fly off in an aggressive V formation now? Let us. <laughs> I'm not. I, I wanted to like caw. Do I? I wanted to make I a noise I, and caw. Honk now. You do. Like how? Like honk, 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 honk. I don't know. Just, just the, the, the outro music playing now. Just stop. We can just stop talking. The outro yeah. music take over now. Outro music. Goodbye. Not our problem. Bye guys. 